Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. We are live here on Sunday night, Mother's Day. Richie, I hope you had a good day um, on Mother's Day today. Did you spend any time with your mom? What, what, what's going on here? I did. You know, I reached out to my mom earlier this week and said, wait, what do you want to do? It's your day. And she said, hey, let's just take me to brunch. So me and my wife took her to brunch today. Uh, I had a great time seeing her. Uh, she's informing she is 58 days away from retirement, so she cannot be more excited uh great mom happy mother's day mom i know she doesn't listen to this so why am i even saying this <laughs> um well glad you had a good day we had a good day in this house as well surprise my wife with some stuff so we'll talk about that later but double fries no slaw brought to you by guthrie's in tallahassee 1818 west tennessee street and 2550 north monroe you can visit both their locations and make sure you get your box double fries no slaw special guest tonight josh newberg of Knowles 247 CBS Sports affiliate Josh, also of the Big Three Roll Up. I was going to say, founding partner, <laughs> dude. I just totally like flips my hand. I'm very professional on this show, as you can tell. Um, Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. I'm great. Good to be on here. Um, I know you talk a lot of FSU all the time, so I felt like you know I didn't just want to get you on immediately, but like you were like a mainstay on the Rollcast. Rest in peace to the Rollcast, which was like the best show on the network when it was going. Yeah, that was really before we got. Um, on the bench, Roy rolling too. So I was kind of looking for a little FSU outlet to talk on, but now we talk on the bench and we got double fries, no slaw now. So we're, we're taken care of on the big three roll network. We had, uh, we had Brendan on a couple of weeks ago and chatted with him. Um, obviously Brendan's super awkward. I don't know how crazy we are to like do multiple pods with him, but anyway, talk to us. Uh, somebody's already mentioned Dodgecoin in the, uh, is it Dodgecoin? Is it Dogecoin? Come on, Doge. <laughs> It's what it's dog coin, it's doge coin. The only thing I know is I, I own it and I own a bunch of it. So let's go to the moon. <laughs> Did you watch Saturday Night Live last night? Um Musk hmm. on there. So all day I talked about um told Allison that you know we gotta watch she always asked me to watch Saturday Night Live and I don't like it, so I never want to watch Saturday Night Live. So I start telling her all day Saturday, like, yo, we're watching it tonight. She's like, Why? I told her Elon Musk is on dog coin let's go we're going to the moon so she admits to me at like 10 30 she's like hey i'm i'm tapping out like i i'm going to bed i was like all right I'll, i'm gonna i'm gonna watch this i'm gonna follow it on twitter i'm gonna follow my fucking dodge coin and and we're gonna we're gonna go to the moon and i made it through the news which was at 11 and the show started miley cyrus started singing and i fell asleep the next thing i know allison <laughs> comes out and wakes me up at 1 30 and says hey are you gonna come to bed Dude, I uh that sounds like me not... trying to watch the Canelo fight last night. I'm watching it. I watched like the first two rounds and then I fall asleep. I'm like, oh, this is boring. Then I wake up, oh, it was a knockout. Great. I'm glad I fell asleep for that. Late night TV is not for me. Especially like and I, all these like sports and stuff start super late. Like they start the finals and stuff coming up at like I don't know, super late times. But anyway, hey, uh double fries, no slaw. You you thought of this name. Like we tell everybody, <laughs> yeah, like, I named the pod. You named this, like, um, Corey was with the assist. Like he did. I think we were we were going back and forth with some names, and Corey said something to the effect of like, "Hey, stadium and get like make it like a um like a thing like a like a staple like something that when you say it, you only know if you know you know you know immediately right. Everything is like spear or unconquered or. Like, it's just like there's a million of those, right? So I think I said, like, I think there was one rendition, and then I said double fries, no saw, and everybody in the group chat was like, that's it. That's 100% it. No, that was – dude, and everybody that comes on knows immediately, but it's funny. I mean, you've heard the story. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but, like, we ask everybody about Guthrie's. Mm -hmm. I usually tell people this off air, but we – did you know that Charlie Ward has never had Guthrie's? No, that's crazy. Oh, how? Well, I don't know, but, well, I'll tell you how I know, actually. I asked him about it on air live. Like, we record this live. And he goes, nah, TJ, I'm a vegan. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> somebody asked me like a couple of weeks ago, like, did you follow up with like, oh, you've had the fries though, right? And I was like, no, I just moved on at that point. Yeah, like, there was no, I yeah. doubt, I doubt yeah. he's double fry, no slaw in it as yeah. a vegan. I just think I said like, okay, well, you could get some coleslaw or something the next time you're there. Like, I don't know what you're going to tell you. Were you a Guthrie's guy back in the day? I know he's been. Yeah. And I don't think minute. you can get coleslaw if you're a vegan. <laughs> yeah. The man. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think that, okay, okay, fine. 
put me up there with Charlie Ward when it comes to show guests, because I'm pretty sure I'm probably the only guest that's ever done this. Has any guest come on here and told you that they've had a bucket, ordered the bucket of Guthrie's? By yourself? The bucket. Do they even still sell the bucket? Is that they, on the menu? Yeah, I think they, they sell have the it. bucket. It's like 20 <laughs> okay. tenders. 20 tenders so, yeah. fre- so freshman year, um, I'm, I'm living in Indian Village, and I was living off campus in Indian Village. And my, my good friend Colby Masterson was living in Bryan Hall, and so he was in a dorm. And um, we were super hungover and the Bucks were playing on a Sunday and we slept till noon. And he's like, I'm coming over. What should I bring? And I said, Guthrie's. And we were like 18 years old and we were starving. And he picks up a bucket. I think, yeah, it was 20 pieces. I think we probably each had like three, but the 20 piece seemed like mandatory at the time. Like we were both going (laughs) to eat 10 pieces for sure. We were that hungover, but we, we ate like three and... (laughs) <laughs> but yeah i've had the it bucket always, it always seems like a better idea than than like when you get like four <laughs> deep you're like these chicken tenders have like this much breading and stuff um speaking of chicken tenders, all right last food question i'll let richie get into some like serious stuff here but um what is your go we I, I don't remember from when we talked about it on the big three roll up but obviously you're very well known for your chicken tender sub takes. What is your go-to sub? Like, what are you getting if you go to Publix right now? I mean, it's a no-brainer. I got it on Friday. I got a six-inch Publix uh, or Boar's Head Publix. I don't even care. I get, I get the ultimate. I'm an Italian guy. I think I get the Italian every time, which is very similar. Like the I've had it a few times. Right. I've had it a few yeah. times. I mean, I, I, I like the ultimate either on white or on the, uh, the oat or whatever it is. I don't like the a- wheat. I, I like the one with the seeds on it. The gr- uh, yeah, like the twelve thousand grain or whatever it is. They've got yeah, a, yeah, yeah. They've got a really good. Um, so I love Reuben sandwiches, but it's a pain to make it because they have to like go get bro. They I, know. I used to have, have them do the press Cuban, and it, it takes them forever. And they look at you like they just want to kill you. <laughs> you just do just order chicken tenders and go. <laughs> like uh, Richie, what's your sub? And then let's get into some football stuff. Yeah, man, I, I'm going the exact opposite of Josh. Man, I, I'm all about the Buffalo Chicken Tender sub. I get it on wheat. The key, though, you got to scoop the bread out. Ask them to scoop the bread so it's a lot less filling. And uh, keep it simple. Ranch, you know, lettuce and garlic pickles. It, it, and it is a phenomenal sandwich. I can only do six inch. I could never eat a, a foot-long sub. Um, but, yeah, I know the I know Josh is anti-chicken tender sub, but that's my go-to. But, again, you got to scoop the bread. I like how he said, keep it simple. And he literally asked the people right. to scoop bread out of a sandwich. <laughs> hey, I just want a real simple sandwich. Can you take all the bread out of this, please? <laughs> all right, uh, go ahead, yeah, but what the people are excited for Josh for here is, is something, right. you know, Florida State related. Um, and I know with recruiting, obviously, you know, if you don't have an interview the next day, it's not breaking news, but somewhat breaking news since the last time we recorded. Florida State landed an offensive tackle. I'm going to butcher, butcher this kid's name. Um, Ali Ba? I don't know. He's a 6'6", 325-pound offensive tackle from IMG. Uh, committed to Florida State this week. Huge get because of just the need Florida State has, not just at offensive line, but specifically at offensive tackle. Josh, did, did this kind of come out of nowhere? Because I know you, Will Fong, Y'all dropped crystal balls literally like 10 minutes before it happened. So clearly you guys heard. Um, but what does this mean for Florida State's offensive line class? Because it seems like a pretty big get. Yeah, I think this is a great start for Florida State. Obviously, this is just the beginning. I think they could take up to five more. So, you know, this is this is very early in the offensive line class. Um, but I was a little bit surprised by the timing of it because about eight or nine days ago, um, I think we talked about this on the pod, but I was told – that Ba was, you know, a guy that they really liked. Um, they, they're recruiting hard and they were hoping to see in camp because he added a good amount of weight from his sophomore to junior year. Um, last year's junior film was a bit underwhelming. His sophomore film is actually better. And now since arriving at IMG, you know, he's lost some weight. He's gotten in a better shape. And I thought, you know, maybe this was going to be a situation. Um, he has an official visit to FSU on June 11th. Um, I was expecting that he was going to commit to FSU on that date, but um, it was really a conversation with Trey Thomas. Trey Thomas, former FSU offensive lineman, um, one of the greatest offensive tackles to ever play at FSU. 
had a conversation with Mike Norvell and the coaching staff and kind of gave his stamp of approval on it. And I think that was kind of the update they needed. Um, Bob wanted to get committed and get on the, in the boat. And um, it was kind of a, it, it kind of qu- transpired quickly. You guys saw the crystal balls rolling in. Um, what day was that Friday afternoon? And uh, yeah, so he is, he is committed and he'll be back on campus on June 11th for his official visit. Richie, you're on mute, bro. You're pulling a Kev um, oh, live on the oh, podcast. But I'll, hold on. I'll take it over from there. Actually, what does it mean for FSU's <laughs> offensive line? Um, I think ideally, you know, he's a tackle. I think right now, as we, as I see it, I think he's probably a right tackle or a guard for Florida state. Um, I don't think he's like the surefire left tackle that we, we all know Florida state needs, but like I said, I think they're going to take maybe up to, up to four or five more. So, um, this is a good start for Florida state. So you say four or five more, how many of those would they like to be, you know, a traditional left tackle prospect or even a right tackle, but just a tackle because Florida state, they seem like they've done pretty well recruiting guards in the interior, but they just can't get the tackles the past few years. I would, I would miss Ba as a tackle. Um, I think right now he's probably, he probably plays more like a guard. Um, His body is probably shaped more like a guard. I think he projects to be a tackle. You know, he's, He's transferred to IMG a couple months ago. He'll have a full year of that weight program and, and being able to eat in, in at IMG and, and with the uh, nutritional stuff that they got going on. So we'll see where he projects on the next level. Um, I think Ba is a tackle, but to your point, when are they going to land that impact left tackle? Uh, the no doubter, the guys where we can stop squinting and projecting and saying, oh, well, maybe, you know, this guy has some good arm reach, but he's not in it. Yeah, when's that going to happen? I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> we're all waiting on that one. I think, the, the, okay, the one right now I would probably pencil in Daughtry Richardson. Um, Daughtry Richardson is a three star offensive tackle at Miami Central. Um, he's not exactly an impact guy, meaning like he's not going to come in in the next 12 to 24 months and make a big impact on the offensive line. But Daughtry Richardson is a guy with prototypical. Uh, NFL measurables at that position. He can play left tackle, right tackle. He probably will um, mold into that. And then from there, I think they swing for the fences. You got a guy like Elijah Pritchett right there at Carver High School in Columbus, Georgia. Um, He's going to be a dogfight because you got Alabama and Georgia legitimately recruiting him. But I think that's where you start. I mean, right now he's uncommitted. Elijah Pritchett's going to be on campus on June 5th, June 6th. Um, and you see what happens. You got some other guys, Jalen Early, he's out of Texas, and um, uh, Emery Jones, E-M-E-R-Y, out of Baton Rouge, <laughs> Louisiana. And, you know, with everything going on at LSU right now, Emory Jones is a, is a real possibility for Florida State. They're in there pretty good with him right now. So there are a bunch of other left tackle, right tackle prospects on the board. Um, it's going to be a busy summer. It's really going to be a busy summer. Yeah, and just to close out the offensive line class, um, is there anybody right now? I know Florida State would love to bring another offensive line as a, a transfer right now that maybe be in the portal. You know, obviously Notre Dame just had a guy get in the portal. Uh, I don't know if they have any chance with him. Or, or are you hearing anything as far as Florida State potentially bringing in uh, not like an impact guy, but someone that's you know serviceable that say somebody goes down and we don't feel like oh shit this guy's going in we're in trouble. Watch your mouth. Yeah, I think yeah, I think right now they're in there a little bit with Riley Gibbons. Um, I don't think right now Florida State's active with anybody else in the transfer portal. Uh, but Riley Gibbons is a guy that brings some depth. Probably again, Riley Gibbons is probably a guard for Florida State. Um, I but I think he could come in and probably earn a starting job at Florida State. Also, Riley Gibbons has two years of eligibility. Um, he brings a lot to the locker room as well. Um but again, we're still going to be looking for that for that offensive tackle. I think Florida State has two spots, so um, I wouldn't be shocked if they would use both scholarships on offensive linemen between now and um, really August because the transfer portal uh, doesn't stop. I think the next significant date to watch is June 1st. On June 1st, that's when you can see uh, – that's when transfer prospects can enroll. 
So I wouldn't be surprised maybe if a team or two is hiding a guy in the portal and like right before June 1st, the guy goes into the portal and maybe opens up his recruitment. So right now, though, uh, Riley Gibbons, um, he's from St. Pete Catholic here in in Pinellas County. Uh, His brother played at Notre Dame and transferred after two years to USF and then had a medical disqualification after that. But it looks like Riley Gibbons is uh, it, he could be coming home, com- coming home to the state of Florida, could be Florida State. Josh, talk to us about these quarterbacks. Um, AJ Duffy commits. There's some smoke around Nico, um, maybe sticking, maybe not. What are your thoughts on uh, FSU's quarterback recruiting situation? I mean, I think Nico's lighting the fire of the smoke that you're seeing. I mean, the only smoke <laughs> out there is him announcing <laughs> the fact that he's going to take official visits, right? I mean, but that's that's legit yeah. smoke. I think the but, Bible verse is the smoke right there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can always tell. I mean, it even happens with me. I love, like, on, I love how the guys on the big three roll, or maybe it was Bill. No, I think it was the guys on the big three roll. They asked me what what the Bible verse was. I'm like, come on, like I, just the fact that I knew it was a Bible verse, I should get some credit for that. I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty true for everybody, right? Like, if something doesn't go your way, you post a Bible verse. Like, I've done it before. Yeah, but then after the Bible verse, <laughs> he announced two official visits. He announced right, an official yeah. visit to West Virginia, and he announced an official visit to, to Michigan State. And if you're the bell cow of the class, and you're all in, and you're solidly committed, you're not going to take those visits. It, it's different at the quarterback position. Um, if you're a wide receiver, or you're a running back, it's just different, especially in this d- day and age of college football where uh, it's so qu- it's such a quarterback-driven league. If you're a quarterback commit to one of these programs, to a major football program, you- you're not taking official visits all around the country. So let's see what happens with Nico. I, I think if he's-, if he's really committed to this program, he's not going to take those official visits. I think if he does take those official visits, we'll see how much longer he's committed to the program. Where does FSU go for that second QB if – he uh if he dips out if nico were to decommit today i don't think the the florida state staff would be going and scrambling to reassemble the qb board i think they would probably i think they would probably put that scholarship in their back pocket um see who comes to campus this summer i don't think they really i don't outside of aj duffy i don't think they really love any of the remaining targets that are on the board i think they like them I think some of them they like a lot, but I don't think they really love any of the guys out there. So I think they would take that scholarship, put it in their back pocket, um, see what emerges over the summer, maybe hold on to it into the fall and see what happens with attrition on your own roster. Maybe you use that scholarship uh, in the transfer portal. Um, talk to us about these FSU youth camps that are happening. Um, mm-hmm. Spring scrimmages, recruits are visiting and kind of using these to help build some relationships um, similar to what coaches have done in the past, is Norvell doing anything different that that you like, or is it kind of just the same old thing that we've always kind of seen? I think he's doing this to kind of get out and 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 meet a lot of the coaches face to face due to the pen. Like, for example, if this was year four of Mike Norvell, I don't think he's doing these youth camps all across the state. I think what these youth camps really are for, for FSU is a chance to to get out on the road in May. Normally, the coaches during the month of May, this is called the eval period, and they're going to all the high schools all across the southeast, um, but especially in state. Last year, Florida State didn't get to do that. That was crucial. That was year one for Mike Norvell. Well, here we are in year two, and the dead period was extended through May. For a lot of programs, yeah, they're just going to pick up the phone. They're going to call these coaches that they they know. Well, this new staff hadn't had the chance to meet them yet. So I think these mega camps and these satellite camps are – really a chance for the Florida State staff to go meet some of these high school and uh, seven-on-seven coaches, high school coaches, and and get out there and, and kind of do what they would be doing if it wasn't a pandemic. Yeah, and then uh, Florida State coming up, they have a, you know what they're calling like a mega camp where they're going to have coaches uh, not just from Florida State, from a lot of universities across the country, from the FCS level to the FBS level, NAIA, I believe. Um, I just think it's a really good idea because you mentioned they're trying to build those relationships. But by doing this, you're going to get high school kids and coaches that maybe down the line they'll have some Florida State caliber players, but right now they don't. But you're going to be able to build those relationships. That that just seems like a really smart idea to me. 
Yeah, that's what it is. And and maybe you're going to find you're going to stumble upon some prospects. I don't think that's really what this is about. And I don't and again, I I I don't know if this is something they'll do year after year after year. I think it's more um to make up some lost ground in relationships due to the pandemic last year and this year. Um we've talked about this a ton on here. I know you've talked about this on the Big Three Roll Up, but uh Somebody said your haircut was magical. Um, <laughs> I can bring it back. It's not a big deal. Don't It'll worry. take a couple of years, but we'll get it back going. Is that your goal? Like, are you going to grow it back out, or you don't know? Just today's I don't know. Sunday. No, um, I don't. Yeah, I don't have any plans to. It was a, it was a lot, but um, yeah. um, we uh, we've talked about this. You've talked about this for Florida. Like, what it. The schedule's tough, right? Notre Dame opening night, you're going to be an underdog against, you know, North Carolina, Clemson, Florida, probably Miami at home, and then every other game, you you could be an underdog a couple of times on the road. But let's just say Florida State's favorite in the rest of the games. I mean, that's seven and five, best case, right? If you just win all the games you're favored in, and you, you know, you're usually going to drop a game here or there. Where does like what's kind of your, you know, just kind of season projection like? Florida State goes seven and five or six and six. Like, how good can their class really be? And then, obviously, if if they drop to lower than that, five and seven, it, you know, we can kind of. Just I think they can there. hover around a top ten. Is probably, I think, Mike Norvell and the staff because of the way that they've communicated with these guys about expectations. Um, I think a six win team can probably do better than a top 15 class. I mean, a six-win team probably shouldn't do better than a top 15 class, but I think they could get inside there with six wins. Maybe in it maybe close to top 10. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. How much do you do you think they recruit still? I mean, obviously there's a much bigger difference than like 10 and 2 and like 3 and 9, but they still really, really value like that win number. Like how much does a recruit care that we go seven and six and win that bowl game as opposed to like five and seven, but look competitive in the games we're playing. Like, does that two wins matter that much? Or what do I don't think? think so. I think if, when <laughs> I think, if we're, uh, I, yeah, no, I don't think so. I, I don't think these kids watch the game. Some of these kids don't even watch the games period. I mean, at all, like some of the best players don't watch college football. Um, so, and some of them don't even know what the hell they're watching. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be tough to say because we haven't really, been through a season like this everything's kind of new um but i will say this it's not like when willie taggart took over and he was telling all the kids that it was basically gonna you know they were gonna pick off pick up where they left off and they're gonna win championships and go 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 and the the issue there was the expectations that were set willie taggart had said one thing and then the season starts and the kids see another i think that this staff is is going to do a, a decent job at kind of tempering expectations. And if the wheels do fall off and it, it does get ugly at times, you know, they've kind of warned them and they've, they've, they've preempted it by saying, you know, this is why we need you. And we'll see, you know, we'll see. Josh, where can people, uh, I mean, I, I've already kind of said it and stuff, but plug, goals, your, plug, plug your site and, let people come bother you on the message boards and stuff like that. Yeah, we're out here at Knowles 24-7 going on. This will be my 11th season, 11 years at Knowles 24-7. A lot of ups and downs in the times there. <laughs> yeah. And, and fourth season, fifth season of the Big Three Roll-Up? Yeah, 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, fifth season of the Big Three Roll-Up as well. with the Big Three Roll-Up um, and also the Worst Stock Show. We're doing the Worst Stock Show. Yes. On the Big Three Roll-Up Network, me and Brendan Sinone. We drop a show every Monday and Friday. Uh, that's been fun. I think we've done 31 or 32 shows so far. Yeah. So to the moon with Josh Newberg. Thank you so much for hanging out um, and chilling with us tonight, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Double fries, no slaw. That's what's up. Thanks, bud. We'll Thanks, talk Josh. to you soon. See ya. Josh Newberg of Knowles 247 and the Big Three Roll-Up. So appreciate Josh for hanging out. Hey, just real quick, we have another guest coming up in just a moment. Uh, quick update on some FSU sports. We'll do this real fast. I'll even bring Harlan in to, to talk a little bit. Oh, Harlan doesn't get a top spot. i got to move him to the bottom. All right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, FSU soccer advanced to the College Cup today, winning in Let's penalty go. kicks 5-3. to three. 
Um, I was meeting a guy at a brewery today, but I would not go in. I sat in my car and watched on. It, it annoys me that like, okay, not a little rant here, but it annoys me that like watch ESPN. I don't know if it's because it's women's soccer or just COVID or what the issue is, but like that watch ESPN doesn't do this. You got to watch it on like goheels.com or whatever, which is where it's being hosted. But FSU soccer beats Duke in penalties five to three uh, score was zero, zero through the uh, rest of the match. But uh, back to the college cup again, and they retain their uh, unbeaten status. Um, baseball with a massive series winning at Notre Dame. Harlan, give us like a 30-second baseball plug here. That's why I brought you in, so I hope you're ready. Yeah, so uh, baseball, huge winner in Notre Dame. Uh, the regional selection show is this week, so to get the win right before the selection show this week is actually huge. They're selecting 20 sites. 16 of them will be confirmed once the season's over. But uh, this FSU team is really – they're getting hot at the right time. They've got the pitching to go as deep as they want in any tournament. Their pitching is really built for a tournament-type uh, setting, so regional, super regional, World Series. So the only thing that's kind of hit or miss is their lineup, but they've got Golden Spikes uh, award watch list at sitting behind the dish with Matt Nelson, and he's just, he's really good. Y'all want to see a, a catcher that's almost comparable to Buzzer, Buster Posey? He's getting there. Um, so watch him while he's still here. He's going to be gone after this year, so – uh, big win this weekend over Notre Dame, and hopefully they get that um, that host that regional, and then hopefully host the super regional and go to the World Series. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited for the uh, couple weeks left, but excited for the ACC championships coming up, and then like I said, hope hopefully host that uh, mostly just so I can go to Tallahassee. I was telling Harlan, man, I'd like if uh, it'd be cool if like USF hosted, so I don't have to go anywhere. I, I doubt like USF has a legitimate shot at hosting, but it'd be awesome, so I don't have to drive. But uh, softball won their series um, two to one. They uh, Lost on Friday night, won the doubleheader yesterday. Beach Volleyball, um, I believe they finished fifth or sixth at the national championships, won their first match, uh, dropped the next two. And so, no, if you win your first match, you finish, you're, you finish number four because they um, you're automatically in the top four. So uh, Beach Volleyball didn't finish their season the way we would have liked, but I was I watched that on ESPNU as well, Richie. I don't know if you watched that on Friday, but I was hyped on Friday morning or Friday afternoon. It was like one. Uh, watching that as well. And then, uh, oh, one more. Golf starts their um, regional this week. And then last but not least, we say this because we have a special guest, Coach Hyde, on with us again of FSU Women's Tennis. They won uh, both of their games this weekend uh, against Alabama State. Both of their match, sorry, not games. It's different <laughs> in tennis. But both of their matches <laughs> against Alabama State and Auburn. Uh, this weekend so we wanted to bring you on just real quick to chat about that congratulations on to the sweet 16 for those that don't know the ncaa or uh, the women's tennis tournament is is very much like um march madness like like when we think about like men's basketball march madness 64 teams we won the first one we hosted that and now into the sweet 16 congratulations coach how are you hey guys how's it going doing fantastic uh just kind of coming down off the, the big weekend but it's always good to see you guys thanks for having me yeah, absolutely. I, I'm very nervous. Like I'm not, what's the office quote? I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious, but, um, you know, I I'm a little superstitious about like trying to plan things like this, but knock on wood, like it worked out. I messaged coach Hyde the other day and I just said like, Hey, I don't mean to jinx anything, but if things go well this weekend, like, can we steal you for like 10 minutes on Sunday night to talk about it? I feel like that's like really tempting destiny, but I guess when you're when you're as good as we are at this point, like it, it wasn't too bad, but uh, Friday went, went pretty well. Um, I, if I'm looking at things correctly, we didn't drop a, um, we didn't drop a set on Friday and really ran through Alabama state pretty, pretty quickly, which again, similar to the, um, to the NCAA tournament in basketball, you'd say Florida state was two going up against a 15 would, would kind of be like what that maybe looks like. And so, Ran through that fairly well. And then um, that next round would be what? A, a seven seed, right? Would, would kind of be what Auburn was. But Auburn was a ranked team. Um, and the the tennis, Richie, I don't know if you're as familiar with this. It's hard to watch tennis because they just have like one camera on every court. And you're just like, man, this is tough. Like I need like commentators to tell me like who's doing what and stuff. But um, we got the point in the doubles, right? So you get a point for doubles. Um, and then it's first to four, right? There's seven total points with tennis. So we got a point for winning the two doubles, being the first to win two doubles matches, and then um, ended up beating Auburn in the second one as well. What uh, 
and, and not super close as well, four to one against Auburn. But what uh, what impressed you about your team this weekend? Um, in their two wins uh, that we had. Uh, I mean, a lot, honestly. And, and don't be fooled by the 4-1. I mean, it, the, the, the match was close. I mean, it, we had the doubles point, and then at 1-3-5, and five, and at number four, we were up first sets really quickly. Like, yeah. we were looking down going, this is funny, because you know it's not going to stay that way this time of year. Things are always going to shift in momentum, and that's exactly what happened. You know, Auburn's the 19th, 19th ranked team in the country, and they could easily be, t- be a top 10 team. And, uh, you know, is it, they pushed us there, and, and there's some momentum shifts there in the in the second sets. We got, you know, they they stepped up. I mean, they stepped up and kind of brought it to us. And honestly, you know, asking what I'm most impressed with with the team is is we we punched back. I think a couple of weeks ago against ACC uh, Miami and the ACCs, we kind of took it. And then yesterday we really punched back, and that was really important. I think the girls stayed very composed. Um, when it was a little bit stressful out there, it was like, oh my God, the momentum is shifting. And, you know, it's funny. We had an amazing crowd. I mean, the crowd, I don't know how, I think we filled it to capacity for what we're allowed to have. And, and they even kind of got quiet as the momentum shifted a little bit, which I was like, going, come on guys, like let's yell a little bit <laughs> guys going, let's use the home court advantage. And, and they just kind of hung with the momentum. And then all of a sudden, you know, Pep did a great job of, of finishing that match at number four and in, in the third set. And, um, we were fighting some stuff down at number six, did a great job holding in there. Dini at number three singles, she had a tiebreaker. She ended up winning to, to finish in two complete sets. That was critical. And the fight was insane. I mean, it was, that was a really fun, stressful, intense, gutsy college tennis match. And it's exactly kind of what you expect this time of year and what you, what you want to see. Cause I think we, you know, it's, it's May and our season, no matter what is over in three weeks, right? We have max three weeks left. And to see them get tougher from that so late in the season, that's exactly what we needed heading into this game. So it was a lot of, a lot of positive to take from the weekend, for sure. Yeah, just before you came on, I was talking about how uh, – and, and the setups are very similar, but how beach volleyball um, ended their season. But a very similar setup where you've got like five, six matches all kind of going on at the same time. And, you know, there's just a lot <laughs> like you're trying to follow things and you'll feel really, really great because you'll be up on like three courts and you're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're good here. We need to come back here. And then, like you said, like it all just kind of flips like, you know, and, and exactly what you were talking about. I was following what time was the game? What time were the, four. You guys play at four. Yeah, yeah. So I was following on my phone because we're doing like dinner and bedtime and everything like with. And so like I'm following the Twitter account and I'm like, okay, we're in good shape after this first. And then second set, we're down in a couple, and I'm like, all right, don't let this be a real like, come on. Like, we we've got it, we've got the interview plan. We got, but then, like you said, <laughs> the resiliency and everything was like turn this would have been kind of a somber episode. Yeah, I <laughs> we, know. had this episode at it. Yeah, I think we just said, like, enjoy your mother's day and let's <laughs> let's get out of here. But um, but yeah, no, it to see like something something up to, and so then when it got close, I was like, all right, I'm turning it in. So I flipped on to you know, you guys had the link where you could watch the the different courts and stuff. So that's when I was trying to like follow it and, and watch it from there. Um, Texas A&M this weekend. Um, we haven't played them this year. Um, how, how, I mean, we, we kind of know from like a, a football perspective, right? Like, right. Like kind of a little, we don't dive super deep into X's and O's like that, but um, how difficult is it to like, or is it not, how difficult is it to like scout your opponent um, in tennis? Cause it's not like a, you know, they like to run this on third and long or they like to, you know, you may pick up some tendencies and stuff, but you don't, Oh, they do a play action here or they do this and that. Like talk to us a little bit about scouting in a quick turnaround too. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You should ask that. I was watching soccer today and I was kind of thinking about, you know, the soccer game is kind of an orchestra, right? You have all these pieces working together in unison and, you know, they have maybe, maybe their play sets that they call and everyone kind of knows what they're dialing into and where they need to go. It, it's, there is a flow to it. That's very different from tennis. Tennis is, it's so separate, you know, you, you, what, unless you're playing doubles, everything that's going on on court is very individualized. You know, everyone's fighting their own battle out there, which makes it uh, hugely intense. Like as a coaching staff, like we're having to manage, um, we're having to manage like moment to moment, to moment, to moment, to moment. It's, it, it was, I actually felt relaxed watching soccer, but they have it such down to such intricate details that they know exactly what's coming. And it seems like, you know, one of the things I was thinking about yesterday, because it was very intense. Yesterday's match was really intense. And uh, it, it was exhausting because you, you couldn't let up for one second. 
you know, focusing on what was going on in each of the individual courts that we were on. And, you know, I love the orchestra part of the soccer, you know, and following how everything moves in unison together. And it's very different in, in college tennis. And as far as like scoping out Texas A&M, you know, obviously we're going to talk to people and, and we can get some video clips of the matches they played. We, and they've played all season. They're a darn good team. SEC, you're going to have some good, and you're going to have good competition up and down the road. They made a great run into the, the finals of the SEC championships. I think they got hit with some COVID stuff early in the season, so they were without some players and missed a couple weeks. Um, but they're ready to go. Like they're, they're coming off a high of the, AC, of the SEC championship. And we, we know to expect a really good team. But listen, again, like even, you know, last weekend, we, we knew to expect it. At this point, it's you got to step up, perform, and be the better team on the day. Um, they're going to give us their best effort. We're going to give them ours and, and, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of see how it falls out. Hey coach. So I, you know, today I was watching a lot of the Wells Fargo championship, uh, you know, the PGA tour event. And I love uh, the idea that you have individual players playing, but are they scoreboard, scoreboard watching? Are they not, you know, what's going on there? So what I, I have to ask with you, with your team, are they looking at the scoreboard to see like, where are we at? Where's Florida state? Where are my teammates at? Because that's got to be tough to try and block that out. But uh -huh. it's at the same time, it has to be going through your mind. It's a killer. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. It's like, guys, you, you'll see them like Dini in the court three the other day. Total control of her match. Six one first set. And then you start seeing her and she's looking up and down and looking. I'm like, like, we just talked about this. Like, stay on your court. You can't do anything to help Jules next to you. You can't have Vic next to you. Stay on your court. And when they start looking around, you know that they're losing their focus. And we talk, we talk so much about that, but it's nice not having a scoreboard. Honestly, I think one of ours was broken this weekend, so we couldn't even see the, you know, the team score on, on one of the scoreboards. But um, yeah, it does get in their grill a little bit, and I think, you know, I think they did a really good job of managing that because they also see the score and they're like, mm, "Dude, like I gotta step up right now because she's slipping a bit. I gotta, I gotta finish this set to kind of take the take the pressure off the team right now." And so there's good and bad in that. It kind of depends on the player. If, if someone wants to be in that position where they have to have to get it done and they want that pressure, then it, it obviously serves very well. But if it's someone who's kind of scared of the moment, mm, it could be a little bit tricky. Fortunately, we got a team full of people who, even if they look up and see some things maybe slipping momentum-wise, they want to grab onto it and take responsibility for it, not rely on the person next to them. So I think that's part of the maturity in the team that we have this year, too. We're a little bit older team. and that stuff kind of comes through and it's, we saw a lot of that on, on yesterday's match. I mean, it, you know, between the feel of the crowd kind of getting quiet and then the scores in the court scoreboard, they had to stay very focused and they did a fantastic job. It was tough, but they, they, they actually had a co like cognizant conversation in their head saying, you're losing your focus. Let's go. We talked about this. Let's go. And, and they did a great job of kind of reeling it back in, but it, it definitely, the scoreboards are cursing a blessing. I think sometimes. <laughs> Jimbo used to talk um, so much, and I know you were you were there, obviously, much longer than he was. But while he was around, but Jimbo used to talk about compartmentalizing, right? Like just like trying to. I mean, that was such a big word that he used with honestly with Jameis and all the stuff that was going on off the field. Just like focus in, like for sixty minutes on Saturday, you just gotta focus in. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's what I'd be like. I'd be like, man, I'm struggling over here. You better you better win your <laughs> match because I or or whatever, like you said, some of the some of your players are gonna like kind of bow up and say like, hey, we, you know, we're gonna kind of take it to them. Um, well, cool. We're excited for um, for this weekend. Richie and I are both gonna do our very best to be there. I think we're going to. I think my family's going to Disney the day before, so we'll oh, we'll no. be in Orlando. So yeah. take my take my daughter to see Mickey, and that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, no, I think we're gonna try and make it out and and see it. So super excited for that. Uh, we talked a little before we before we let you go. We talked a little bit about other sports. Um, you said you were watching soccer today. That was a ton of fun. Baseball had a heck of a weekend yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, heck of a weekend this weekend. Softball, again, rebounding from a tough loss on Friday night in which they were up big and ended up getting walked off. But they had a really good weekend. Um, you know, volleyball fell short, but uh, made the made the national championship again. Um, how uh, – I mean, you've been around for – you've been around FSU for a long time, so I know you, I know you uh, bleed – garnet and gold for sure but like do you follow everything or do you, do you like just like to get home and like kind of i mean because like i feel like there's got to be a balance there right like it's been so much of you know a lot of things that you've done do you just try and get away from it at times or does it like always pull you back in where you're like all right i gotta see how we're doing like you said you were watching mark and them this 
today, you know, on the cup. Yeah, that's a, that's a really fun question. I think my family would probably say, <laughs> you know, in certain times of year too, when things pick up and, you know, we were, we were tracking beach and devastated for them because I know that they really thought that they would have a really good chance to win the title this year. Obviously watching soccer continue to thrive, you know, baseball crushing it this weekend against Notre Dame, following ACC's this coming week with, with, with softball on their weekend. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, yeah, I, I, I kind of get sucked into it a little bit. Um, you know, we have such a great crew of coaches and, and the programs here are so fantastic. And it's, you know, it, it's hard not to get behind them and pull for them and, and, and the good and the bad. And I think that's that's a big part of it is it's not always going to be fantastic. We're not always going to be making a run in the Sweet 16 or the Final Four of the College Cup. It, you just, you know, the hope is that's that's our goal. That's what we're all striving for. But, you know, I think in the bad times, too, it's it's tough, you know, and, and, and you got to be there for both. And I just think we're just so good. Our athletic department is so good. Our coaches and staff and student athletes are so good. And um, it's fun to get behind. And, and um, you know, you're really pulling for people because you, you want to see them thrive and you want to see them continue to be successful. And it makes us all better, right? And, and I think our success and everyone else's success just which grows the athletics. And, and um, I take a lot of pride in that. I love this place. It's, it's where I've, I've gotten a couple degrees, played tennis here, coached here for longer than I can even imagine. And yeah. <laughs> Totally get sucked into it. It's a gift, though, right? It's a gift. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you on that. And and you're obviously much more connected than I am. But even just like the couple of interviews that that we've been lucky enough to do with, um, you know, you. I mean, I don't, I don't have to list everybody, but you and uh, Coach Lonnie and Trey and Brooke, uh, both Wyckoff and Niles, and you know the the coaches that we've been able to chat with. We we had Sue on. We had Ham you you kind of like start to know that they're just like you said you're cheering for people at this point right like you know the the joke is you know at the end of the day if, if you didn't go to school somewhere like you're just cheering for you know uh what are they like colors right like we we pick teams because like they're guarding go like we just cheer for that uniform right like new kids come in and go but then we've like had co- these coaches on and we started to develop relationships and you're like man i really want to see them do well like when when I saw LSU rush the court the other day, I was like, man, that hurt. Like I, and I was like, today was, so I'm a big soccer guy. Like I watch a lot of European. So I was like, this is a classic case of Duke just like killing the clock. They got no shots on goal and they're going to sneak out of this with a lucky penalty kick win. And I'm going to be in a bad mood for the rest of the day. <laughs> and fortunately that did, but like, that's just like how, that's just how soccer works. Cause soccer is just dumb. You know, like that's just, you know, a team that is much better can lose because, Somebody just plays, you know, keep away and then gets lucky at penalty kicks or, I mean, there's some skill for sure, but a lot of luck. So anyway, yeah, we're the same way. Like we get sucked in and I'm watching you guys and then I'm flipping back over to baseball and I'm watching uh, beach and everything else. And so I, I totally kind of get that. And, and it's exciting, especially now, right? Like in the playoffs, like in some of the early months, like in January, I feel like that's when you, I mean, you guys are going heavy then, but kind of step away, but like when everybody's going to the ACC and the playoffs and everything else, like it's pretty easy to get sucked in and just enjoy all of it. Well, TJ too, I think this year especially is an interesting year. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes and the programs right now that people have no, no idea about, right. With the craziness that that is COVID and everything that's gone on. And so I think, you know, as, as coaches, we have a deep, deeper respect for those battles that have to get fought, you know, with the student athletes, with the programs, with everything. And, and I think, I, you know, I have a great amount of respect for that because I, I have a, a really clear idea of kind of those, you know, those struggles, those battles, those challenges that, that, that all of us are kind of kind of dealing with day to day. So it, it's easy to get behind and continue to try to just really pull for people to be successful. And, and, and it feels good to do that. You know, I think this this program is better for it. I think our athletic department is better for it because we're just lifting each other up. And I think that's important. That's critical. Yeah. Well, we are super excited for this weekend. Hopefully see you. And continue to be able to cheer you guys on. Um, oh, yeah! As your quest, I know you're excited. I, uh, I was, you know, anticipation kills me. Like I had something. I bought something for my wife like early last week, and I hid it in our attic because she'd never go look there, right? Like she's never been in our attic once. But I hid it there, and every morning I woke up and I was like, oh, still five days away. Oh, still four days away. So like I know that's how you're going to be a very different scenario. But like I know like all week you're going to be like, can it just be Sunday? Or can we just play? Like, um, But we are super excited to see you guys continue to cheer you on. And best of luck, of course, from all of us here for sure. 
really appreciate the support guys. It means a ton and, and we're going to keep giving it our best swing every time we go out there. So seriously though, thanks for the support and uh, we love you guys. Appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you so much. You have a good rest of your evening. Go Knowles. Go Knowles, baby. Let's go. Coach Hyde of FSU women's tennis. We appreciate her for hanging out uh, tonight with us. Harlan was a little slow on the trigger. So I had her in and out or in and out there again. Me and Harlan got to get better synced up. We got, we got this pick and weave, pick and uh, pick and roll, pick and weave, whatever you call it, pick and roll that we didn't have. We, we were off for like three months, so we're gonna get back going again. Uh, we launched a Richie. I'm telling you, Richie, you better not skip on on this weekend. If I'm coming all the way to Orlando, this is in your backyard. You better be there. And you skipped on the football team several times, but this is different here. Never in Orlando. Like if Florida <laughs> State true. is playing in Orlando, that's I will true. I will be there. I, I, I went I remember back in uh Jameis after he won the Heisman, we played at UCF uh two nights in a row on a weeknight, and I was at both games baseball? and baseball? yeah, baseball. Oh, I was and like, both, what are you talking about? No, in both games set the UCF uh attendance record the first night and then the second night they broke it. Uh so yeah, Florida State's in Orlando, I will be there. That that's an easy trip for me. Love it. Love it. Yeah, no, we definitely are going to go and I'm excited. So, um, Hey, we launched a website this week, www.doublefriesnoslaw.com. Got some different articles there. We, uh, we wrote a tennis article. We wrote a, uh, a recap of the, uh, opening round regionals. Harlan wrote a, uh, a baseball article. And then we just kind of like explain what we're doing. Just kind of a place where we can get some takes off, uh, in between pods. We're not changing anything up about the way that we pod on Sunday nights, every night, every Sunday night live. But, um, you know, something happens on a Tuesday or Wednesday and we're not talking again for three or four days. We just kind of want an outlet to where we can talk about it. Um, we didn't mention this yet, but want to also, well, actually I'll use it for my shout out. Richie, any shout outs before we get out of here? Um, yeah. Shout out my mom. Got to take her to brunch today. An easy you know, one. Yeah. <laughs> an amazing mother. Uh, shout out my wife. You know, we don't have kids, but we, we have a puppy and she's a very proud dog mom. So shout out Lindsay, my wife um shout out john pack uh florida state golfer the united states won the walker cup today they defeated great britain and ireland you know pack didn't have the greatest weekend but he was still gets to take home that walker cup trophy and uh on the subject of golf y'all stay tuned uh next week big three roll-up network we're dropping a new golf podcast i'll be hosting it uh the par four podcast uh, I'll be doing that with Anthony Karpinski, Carp of the Storm Surge Pod, the Miami Hurricanes Podcast, uh, Jackson Rammer, who uh, does the What's the Play Podcast, a gambling podcast. He's very active in uh, UF Twitter and Big Three Twitter. And then Cam, uh, who produces Stadium and Gale with on the Gator side, will be producing us and providing some background commentary. So I'm super excited to get that launched next week. Yeah, check out the Par Four Podcast. Um, able to get that up and rolling pretty quickly excited for those guys have to get coach jones on there i know you guys have some big guests lined up but yeah definitely definitely got to get him over there um he's a natural on radio i heard him yeah. the other day doing an interview um and then he obviously does the show with cameron so yeah uh really good there i'll do the same same shout outs shout out my wife um great mother's day with her today she's a superhero um taking care of these uh this one-year-old and almost three-year-old so shout out my wife shout out my mom who is awesome my stepmom my mother-in-law all the, all the ladies in my life. So I have a long list, but shout out. You guys had a good Mother's Day. Uh, and then, as always, we we talked with Newberg about recruiting. We talked with Coach Hyde about um, their run, and we talked about a lot of other sports. But we always want to kind of give a plug or give a shout out to uh, the boosters. If you've watched this and you are um, a fan of Florida State and you're not a booster, you do need to sign up. You need to go to boosters.fsu.edu and contribute to that. One tribe fund. I saw that they hit 75% or we hit 75%. Yeah. Richie and I are boosters. We hit 75% and uh, super excited for that. 25% of the way to goal or 25% remaining to get to goal. If you are an FSU fan and you're not a booster, you need to sign up to be one, support these student athletes, the coaches, the programs, and everything that goes with it so that we can get um, and stay. I mean, we, we think about football a lot so that we can get and stay on top. A lot of these programs are fantastic we talked about soccer in the college cup uh, tennis in the sweet 16 we had beach volleyball in the in the championship as well so all of these pro baseball softball ranked highly now probably both gonna host we talked to harlan about that so sign up to be a booster you can do it for as little as five dollars a month um you spend way more than that on uh coffee and all this other junk that you buy every month so anyway 
Uh, that was one of my shout outs. Uh, Harlan, baseball was awesome this week. You picked the song to get us out of here. Oh, I, I have to pick the song again. Two weeks in a row. I have to pick yeah, it again. This is your like, right off the I have to pick yeah, it Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's it, man. Um, um, let's go with oh, – I'm not allowed to pick him anymore, am I? Can I go with a Florida Georgia song? I'm allowed to do that. Sure, right? sure. Don't get us canceled. Um, well, it's going to take me a second because I don't remember the name of it. Sorry. Uh, you will hear Florida Georgia Line. At yeah, the I was going to say, Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> Florida Georgia Line, long live. All right, we'll do it. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. If you watch this, if you could share it, retweet it, post it, send it to a friend, we'd appreciate it. Double fries, no slaw. We will see you guys next week. Go Knowles. Spot long live hard.